Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What is good, guys? It's your girl, Madam Joyce, and I am here on the set of Tea with Tay podcast. We have laughed, we have teared, and we have had a good time. So make sure you stay tuned to check it out. It's going to be a good one. I'm very excited. Her. Hey, guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Tea with Tay pod, the only podcast that brings the tea acidly hot. And speaking about tea, this episode is proudly sponsored by my face, Lipton. My guest today is a talented TV presenter and podcaster who's based in the UK and doing amazing work, professionally known as Madame Joyce. Please a round of applause for my guests, all the way from the UK. Yeah. And IGGB in the building. Period. Period. My friend, how are you? I'm amazing. I've been waiting for you to come back. Let's do this episode. Honestly, it's actually been long overdue and I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. I actually can't believe I'm in Nigeria at the moment. I'm loving, I'm loving being called IJGB girl. I'm yeah. loving it. I'm... I'm happy to be back what feels like home, essentially. It's home. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the British accent. Like, I, I think that, you know, I have to take classes because it just makes me feel like, you know, some extra... Je ne sais quoi. To it, you know? As you're learning, as you're, as you're trying to be British, I'm trying to be Yoruba. I've been learning to speak Yoruba because I understand fluently. But the mistake I made growing up is that when my mom used to speak Yoruba to me, I used to answer back in English. Is it? Yeah. So I can hear conversations, but when it's time to start speaking it, I just start freezing and glitching and stuff. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, it's because, really because bad. you give me the energy of somebody who understands you by a lot. I know. I think it's. I think because of my my personality is so Nigerian. People mm-hmm. think that I can speak it, and I'm and I'm with and I'm with it. Yeah, but I'm not really with it. It's very yeah. fake. I'm fake. <laughs> I'm very. Aren't fake. we all? Fake. I'm very very fake. But yeah, I think being here has really made me want to know the language more and want to yeah. speak the language more. But well, this is your first time in Nigeria, right? It is my first Why? time. Do you know what it is? Obviously, when you grow up in poverty and that, <laughs> when you grow up broke, uh, there's no money for plane tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one, one is that there was no money for plane ticket. And two, my mum was very persistent on us going with her. I feel like there was a little bit of a fear Um that if we go to Nigeria, it's dangerous. Yes. It's a bad place. Yes. You shouldn't go there by yourself. Go with her. So I think growing up, that fear was instilled in me that, oh my God, if I go here, like I'm going to be kidnapped or something. Um, which again is, is 
it happens, but it's not as intense as my my mum has made it to be. So I finally took the courage to this year say, listen, it's me and Nigeria this winter on guard. So I'm here. <laughs> this summer for us, right? It's summer, it's hot in Nigeria. It's Hamatan season for us. But... So hot. I'm I'm loving it. But loving it. How are you finding Nigeria? Do you know what? I'm so in love with Nigeria. And I feel like when I first stepped off the plane, even though it was my first time here, there was such a sense of familiarity. Like it's home. It was like, this is home. This is me. And I feel like it's crazy because I've never been here. But being here and being around the people from here and the girlies and and, mm-hmm. and the podcast, I'm, I'm so understanding my identity so much more. And I didn't understand the, the, the brassness and the loudness and the audacity is literally just r- running through everybody's veins yeah. here. I'd, and yeah. Which is something that you always had, but you couldn't understand it in, I mean, with the space that you were in. Now that you're here, it feels like you're one of us because like, everybody's yeah. like you. Oh God. And it's weird because in London, obviously everybody is quite conservative and dainty yeah. and, you know, push up lip, push up lip. Yeah. And I just come into the room like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I feel like I I really struggled with with my identity because I didn't feel like I was I was feminine enough. I didn't feel like I was quiet enough. But coming here and seeing so many women like me has just made me feel a bit less crazy, which yeah. is good. That's amazing. Because I mean, speaking about identity, I need to know what your childhood was like growing up and the things that informed this joys that we're seeing today like because you grew up with Nigerian parents right? yeah so tell me about growing up yeah so obviously I I grew up in in between Dublin Ireland and then London right. and um I grew up in a single parent home with just my mom my three sisters and my younger brother and um I moved around a lot so I was like because of because of reasons that I to be honest, don't know. Mm-hmm. I moved to so many different schools and um, I was always the new girl. So I'd be in a school for like three months, four months. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would say, oh yeah, we are going somewhere. We are going to move to this. And she would just pack up and leave. Where, like, where was she moving? Like, so different places around London. So I moved in, I moved to North London for a bit. Um, then I moved to East London, Hackney. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I moved to South London to stay with my auntie. Then I moved back to North London. Then I moved to Luton, which is outside of uh, the U- outside of London. Then I moved to Bedford. Then I moved back. Like, I've been you, around. You don't try. Yeah, I've tried. Like, <laughs> so I feel like there was definitely a lack of stability mm-hmm. in my childhood. And with then having to make friends and be in different schools, it was really hard for me um, to to try and build solid friendships like that, you know, yeah. last very long. Yeah. And I think me coming into new schools and having to be the new girl, I had to really show up because I wanted to be liked. I really had this thing where it's like, now I'm in a school in the middle of the semester. Yeah. Everybody's built their friendships. I need people to like me. If not, I'm going to be on the playground for a long time. Mm. So it formulated this coping mechanism of coming into spaces and performing. Oh my God. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. You're preaching. Yeah. Like it came, it was like, oh my God. Pick like, be Misha. My pick me, pick Misha. Be my friend. Be my friend. Be my yes. friend. Be my friend. And um, I think it has allowed me to be good at what I do. But 
but I feel like it's also manifested in some negative ways growing up. But yeah, that was that was my life growing up. Very, mm. very unstable. Very, very like meeting different people all the time. But I guess in in my adult years, those skills are so good because now I can just come and meet somebody and just warm quickly. I yes. can. I'm, yes. I'm someone that if I if I speak to you for five minutes, you feel like you, you've known me for yes, a lifetime. Yes. And you like me. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like it's really stemmed from those bases. You know, you know what's so interesting about this thing you just said? This pick me thing is, you know, you know when you're a black girl yeah. in a very white space or you're, you're living in London, first of all, you're, you have Nigerian, your background is Nigerian, you're very black, so you have to fit in. Like, there's just so much pressure on you to fit in. Yeah. How did that affect you as a child? Because, you know, what other children would have gotten different, the level of acceptance other children would have gotten just because they were children. Mm-hmm. You probably have to work for yours. Yeah. I really did feel like I had to work for my friendships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was there was a sense of like there was a, a sense of fear to be alone growing up. Yeah. I wanted to have friends and I wanted to be included. I wanted to be included. I think there was two things I struggled with. One moving around a lot and two the fact that I wasn't as as wealthy. I wasn't I didn't realize that I was in poverty. I didn't realize growing <laughs> up I was broke. Stop. And I and I think it Early Give me on. context of this of this brokenness. Like, so I remember earlier when I realized I had a lot less than I thought I did. And um I was in a playground one time and there was a, a light skin girl that came up to me. And I remember the Nintendo Wii's just came out. So maybe this was like 2006. Right. 2007. Nintendo Wii just came out mm-hmm. and everyone copped a Nintendo Wii. It was like the household thing. You know, you play yeah. your tennis and stuff. Yeah. And I remember a girl coming to me and she was like, oh yeah, did you get the Nintendo Wii? And I was like, nah. And she was like, oh. Like she was like quite surprised. Like, yeah. how do you have a Nintendo Wii? She goes, oh, what do you lot, do you like play any games? And I was like, not really. Not really, no. She was like, do you have any toys? And I was like, we have a like family computer. Like I promise you, I, I see my niece and she is flooded with dolls and yeah. and you know she has a little house there and a car mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I honestly did not grow up with any toys, and to me that was normal. And until this girl said that to me, where she was like, "So you don't have any toys?" And I said, "Nah." And she goes, "So what do you have?" I said, "I have a computer. We just played the computer." There's Sudoku yeah, inside. Probably, there's Sudoku. <laughs> there's, um, you know, card game. Like, that's all you thought, I knew. You thought that was enough as a I child. I thought that yeah. was enough. And I think the way she looked at me, I kind of realized that, I think that is the moment I realized that my life was not as normal yeah. as as a, as a normal, um, you know, how old was I? Maybe eight-year-old or nine-year-old. Yeah. Un- understanding the concept of, I have less than what the normal person has. And I feel like with those two things, it was like the, the 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 one of being liked but not fitting into what people mm. thought was cool. cool yeah um and i think i really battled with that growing up because i i, I wanted to be liked but i don't feel like i had the means to be liked mm. so it even enforced this personality more of be as loud as possible maybe they'll ignore the fact that your your shoe is opening or the fact that your 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 skirt is uh, the, the pleats in your skirt yeah, have been know, ironed yeah. out and it was just I think that is kind of my training grounds for my personality. Yeah. Tell me about the relationship you have with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Vulnerable. I don't think I've ever spoken about this. Um, so growing up, I would say I was, I, I would say I was the black sheep. Mm. I, I was, I, I definitely, I grew up with, 
with, there was five of us. But I think out of everyone, I think I probably had the most difficult relationship um, with my mother because I feel like the way I responded the way I responded through my trauma was not the way in which somebody would feel sorry for you. So I feel like when you, when you see a child and they're sad about something, you can sympathize with that. They're sad or they might withdraw. But I was the person that I would be very angry. I was a very angry child. Um, And I had a lot of outbursts. I didn't know how to control my emotions. And I think, it was very difficult for, for, for people to sympathize with me or to paint me, to, to not paint me anything other than because she's a troublesome child. Badly behaved. I was badly behaved. Right. I'm a troublesome child. Yeah. Um, I also, in later years, was diagnosed with ADHD, which I didn't know I had as a child right. because right. mental health is something that the black community just pretend that doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my relationship with my mom was very, very rocky. Mm-hmm. And I think after a while, I became very, very rebellious. Very rebellious. Um, I just, I would just do what I want. And I didn't feel like my mom, or to be honest, my family really liked me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, fuck everyone then. I'm going to do my own thing. And it was like that for many, many, many years. Would you say that they didn't like you or it was you just were misunderstood? I definitely feel like I was misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like I was the scapegoat for a lot of things. I think when it comes to African parents, it's very easy to blame. I mm-hmm. feel like I was the, the. It was easier for me to blame because my because of how I how I acted, yeah. rather than having a bit of self-reflection to be like, maybe in this situation I'm wrong. Mm. It's always the child's fault. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. always the child's fault in, in those type of households. Yeah. So I think that that was something that I was the scapegoat for yeah. when things go wrong or where there was a problem mm-hmm. or where there was an issue. Yeah. It was Joy San, Joy San. Yes. Even if it wasn't me, it's Joy San. Even if, even if I wasn't there, still Joy San. <laughs> it's interesting because <laughs> my, my little sister, sorry, I have to snitch on you because it's hilarious. Mm. My little sister was... Bear in mind, I don't live at home anymore. Right. I don't live at home anymore. Right. And uh, my sister, my mom found a vape in, uh, in my sister's <laughs> drawer. But, yeah. And the first thing my mom said was, just is, this, is this what you and Joyce are doing in, in <laughs> London? <laughs> is this what you are doing in London? Very African, very Nigerian. So that just kind of shows you that like anything yeah. that, even if yeah. my little sister did something bad, for yeah. some way or reason, yeah. I'm the cause of it or yeah. I'm the reason for yeah. it. Um, but again, as as I'm growing up, I'm definitely, me and my mom are definitely in a better place. I think definitely moving out mm. was something that was very, very helpful to our relationship. But yeah, when I was younger, it was pretty bad. Do you, do you know some of the things that we dealt with as children? We, I didn't, I, I, I mean, we didn't have words for it. Now that I'm older, I realized that we went through a lot of trauma, a lot of things that made us very either recluse or had to, do extra to be liked and loved. You don't know how much that's, that that affects you as an adult. You yeah, know? I'm just I'm beginning to unpack some of the things that happened to me as a child. The, that that time in your life did it did it did it inform the person that you are now in terms of like you know even the way you engage the world. Are you more trusting? Are you more open? Or are you is it always a front? Because you know you can you can put up a front to get by. Yeah, you know you can you can process a trauma differently, but people don't really understand that there's something underneath that. It's like, it's like, 
you and your mom having issues. But the only reason why you were having issues with her was because you didn't feel like you were loved and you understood. But so her is like, what kind of child is this one? Yeah. You know, how, that dynamic, how, how did it play into your, like, your teenage, your teenage years, your adulthood? I feel like, because <clears throat> me and my mom didn't have a good relationship, one. Yeah. Two, I grew up in a place where I didn't have much. I think it, it really kicked in the hustler in me. I think I became very hyper-independent because I don't feel like I could rely on the people in my household. I could rely on everyone around me who are supposed to be my caregivers. Yeah. It made it instilled this DIY mentality that I still carry so today. I grew up very fast. I had to hustle. I, I, I've always been a hustler because I realized, going back to what we were talking about, about the, the childhood acceptance, mm. for you to be accepted, you need to have certain things. And for you to have certain things, you need to have money. So I've then, knowing that, I've then been this, this young girl who always wanted more for herself. So even, it's so funny because I've got, I, like, I love all my friends, but my friends are very much princesses. And I'm, I'm in my princess era now. It took me a long time. Mm-hmm. But I had this hyper independence where it's like I don't need anyone I can't do it myself if I want to drill I will drill if I want to carry TV I'll mm-hmm. carry TV like and again because I didn't grow up with my dad mm-hmm. um I I learned a lot of skills that it's girls don't really need to learn <laughs> you know like fixing toilets and mm. and putting Ikea together and carrying this out of the mm. I've got to be if you see I do it carrying like all those stuff really came from from those moments. So I think that's something that I carried into, into my adult years, mm-hmm. which on, on one side, it's amazing to be independent. But I think when it came to things like relationships, it then became difficult to then, to then be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. That's oh, it. Doris, to then I trust, understand to then you, my love. To then be like, I can trust you with, with a my part f- of me. Do you know what? And, and I think I struggle with that as well. You know, you know when you've been so independent for so long, you figured out things by yourself. You know, and when you've done things to to survive, like, let me give you context, right? I thought that, you know, by working so hard and achieving stuff, I would not be okay and fit for the people that I love to mm. accept me. Oof. But it, it just never happens. Like you, you keep doing things and ending and you just become so exhausted. But then again, it doesn't fix the fact that, you know, this trauma is there. Yeah. How much, how much, how much of that fall pushed you into like success and adulthood? What's the question? So how like, much? How much of that fuel, like yeah. the the fuel, yeah. right? You know, you know when you're running on bad fuel, right? Yeah. So basically, the only reason why you walk, you're working this hard is because of the lack of acceptance back mm-hmm. at home. The only reason why you want to do things for yourself and be very independent, even though you need help, is because you're not sure that somebody will lend help to you. Mm-hmm. So you become a different person. You're not, even with relationships, you don't even know how to let a nigga be a nigga around you. Yeah. You are so masculine. Yeah. It probably turns him off. Yeah, true. How to have how how how's that dynamic for you? You mean in relationships with with guys? With guys with everybody. I feel like in terms of in terms of me and there's a lot of things I had to unlearn. Yes. So I feel like in terms of the hyper masculinity, yeah. not allowing a man to be a man. I think once I started manifesting into my relationships and the, those relationships weren't working out, or the men I were attract that I was attractive attracting were very feminine. Is um, it feminine in a like sense? Like me? No, no, not 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 <laughs> like you, not like you, but <laughs> not like you, but in the sense of like 
how they treat you or their behaviors in terms of chivalry, how they look after you. All these 50-50 boys, I think that's very feminine energy for me. Yeah. Men feeling like they're the prize, I feel like that's very feminine energy yeah. for me. Um, attracting men like that, I started to realize that there wasn't there was an issue here. When guys are calling me boss lady, I feel <laughs> like there's an issue here. There's an issue here. There's an issue here. There's an issue here. When, when guys start calling me sugar when, mommy, there's an issue here. When they do that, it means there's that issue. they've moved all the masculinity to you. Yeah. When a guy's calling me my sugar mommy, there's an issue here. There's a problem here. I'm exerting something that that I don't want like to exert. Right? No, I'm a bait. Listen, I'm a motherfucking princess. Look yeah. after me. But do you know what I probably think was happening, right? Yeah. In your head, you probably thought that you were being a princess, mm-hmm. but because of your defaults, right? Yeah. Your default setting is I've got this together, so they yeah. perceived you as masculine. My def- and especially when I feel like I cannot trust the person. My default setting is to control it. Or my default setting is I could I don't need you, I could do it anyways. Like Fuck so off. and that could be and 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 you know, especially when you're in a relationship, those stuff that is pro there's a process. That there's generally a process before you start to see a guy in his fullest potential in an emotional process. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I didn't, sometimes I didn't even give it opportunity. The minute I saw one little thing and it could be very, very minute yeah. or I can't pick you You're up. You're just triggered. Think. I'm just triggered to be like, okay, cool. Well, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, bye. Bye. That's me. Um, and I, I started to realize how, how toxic and how dangerous mm-hmm. um, that was for me as a woman because I do want to be looked after and I do want to be babied and I can be very submissive to the right guy. But I was, I was pushing those men away yeah mm. well one thing I can tell you for free is that Nigerian men are the most masculine so you're welcome to move back and find the, find the Nigerian <sighs> I'm husband I'm so ready <laughs> I'm, so, I'm honestly so like I, I've been asking myself this question and is it that I am too masculine or the men that I'm around are not masculine enough yeah. because I have dated men that even in my nature like this they have stepped me down like they have said they have shown me that I am a man mm. and, you, and I am about have all this shit. Yes. And yes. it just makes it just like, okay, like, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's a toxic, like, it's a toxic response. Let me tell you what <laughs> I think this is, right? You know what I think where I have a few friends who say, if the man is not bossing me around, if it's, you know that thing where you say, babe, come here. What the, what the fuck is this? Yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a, this yes, is a trauma daddy. response. Okay, yes, but I hear daddy. you though. Because that means you do well with Nigerian men. Igbo men, mostly. Sorry to Igbo, my Igbo brothers, but you know, I have most of them as friends and uh-huh. they like a bit of control. It's not, it's not. I love it. It's not, it's not to put, it's not to put you in it. It's not to demean you. It's not mm-hmm. to bring you down it's just a thing where they like to be in control so you would do well with people. I love it and, and then you are girl I am I am a woman and I'm blessed enough to be in this time in my life mm-hmm. where everything is centered around me yeah my whole job my mm. my my team everyone mm. moves when you when I move you, yeah so I would love to be in a relationship with a nigga that's like, with a guy that is just that's just... It's like, Joyce, where you... You don't shoot it. Yeah, like, I'm not shoot, come here. Yeah. Yes, I'm daddy. I'm picking you up. I'm on my motherfucking way. <laughs> I'm on my motherfucking way. Where's the cab? Where's the car? Cab. I'm coming. Nigerian men don't do that. Where's they the car? Where's the car? Yeah. I'm coming. I'm mm-hmm. coming. And I'm coming. Mm-hmm. So... 
Do I this podcast? Is it Jesus podcast? Please. <laughs> no, but I hear you. Yeah. Okay, so let's 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 talk about how you got into the media, right? Okay. So now I know a bit of your background and and things that informed this choice, but like, what informed the decision to be a media personality, especially with the background that you had? Like, it could have been anything. You you could have probably said, you know what, to save my family for what we, from what mm-hmm. our reality was. Let me look for. A job that's going to pay me this amount of pounds in a, in a yeah. month and not take a risk to do, be a media personality. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've always loved creative. That's the first thing. When I was in college, I did acting. And I did level three acting and it, it was fantastic. I love script writing. I love directing. I love creating. I love the, I love the, the, the process of something being in your head and the process of manifesting yes. it into real life yeah. is the most amazing thing yeah. to me. It's like a God. It's like you're, like a God. You're birthing something. That's that that is that is the most prolific, prolific, yeah, prolific, 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 yeah, element of God. He right. is a creator. Something that became the mens rea, the mental, and then turns into the physical. That, that is something that I love. So I've always loved creativity. I started doing acting. Didn't like the lack of control I had with acting because you're waiting on somebody else's yes and no. Going back to childhood trauma, I'm a control freak. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work well. Didn't work well with me. I said, I cannot, I, I can't fathom spending hours and hours and hours on a monologue. And working my ass off for it for somebody to tell me no. Mm. It just didn't make sense to me. Mm. Um, so funny enough, speaking of Jesus, I was in in such a bad place. And I feel like my spirituality was so, even though I was in a bad place physically, um, my spirituality was was as elevated as it has ever been. I was, I, I was praying every day. I was really in the space and the presence of God. And um, I was very suicidal at this time. I had no money. How old were you then? Oh God, this was this was like what three four years ago now, maybe okay. coming up to four years. Right. Um, very suicidal. Didn't feel like I had a purpose in life. Didn't know what I was doing, but I I couldn't like. It's so weird because I always feel like destiny leaves clues, mm-hmm. especially for people like me who are so they were so confused. I was so confused to what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I remember I was crying to God and I was like, God, there's something innate and I can't put my finger on it that I just like talking to people. Mm. And I knew that the job I had that I'd wake up happy doing would be involving speaking to people because I just love talking to people. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe it'd be psychology or mm. it'd be something along those lines. So I remember one time I was sitting in bed and I'll never forget it. And I always tell the story because it, it is the most beautiful beginning and I remember lying in bed one day in a house that I was in like two thousand pound debt in and the landlord was sending me texts every day that bitch (laughs) and and I remember just being just present just I can't remember what I was doing was I watching something or and I remember hearing the spirit I remember the Holy Spirit telling me start a podcast and I just it literally it was it was and I and I know it was from God because I'd never thought of starting a podcast. Maybe two years beforehand, like two years before when I was Same in uni. And um, I was like a podcast. And I never listened to podcasts either. So it was I like, start a podcast and I said, I was like, God, a podcast. I was like, mm, that's interesting. I just said, that's interesting. And, <laughs> you know, at this point, me and God were talking. We were talking, talking. That was my guy. Mm. We were chatting. Mm. And it was I like, start a podcast and I was like, <sighs> 
So, okay, let me just see what is going on there. I was Googling and I was like, do you know what? Yeah, I didn't think of it as anything in terms of, I didn't think that I was going to start it and it was going to change my life. Mm. I saw it as a passion project between me and God. So I remember sitting there thinking, okay, God, let's do it. Because obviously I've got no job. I'm jobless. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on universal credit. I'm £2,000 in there. What, mm-hmm. what the fuck, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I remember opening the Word document. I was like, okay, God, let's do this. What are we going to call Like, it was almost like me and God were going back. What are we going to call it? What's it going to look like? What's the venue? And it's weird. I was stuck on the name for a time. And for any creator who is, um, who is in Christ or who anyone who's spiritual, like, God is the number one creator. He is, he's the one that's, Every, everything that has been that's coming to that's existence, come into existence comes from him, comes from him. Mm. so in that sense I was going backwards and forwards just to be like what's, what should we call it what's the colour scheme what's the pattern what's the like we were going backwards and forwards what's the pattern what's the logo going to look like what's the show going to be about what's this and every step of the way God was talking back to me okay I think we should do this I think we should do it was it was like this this it was like this innate feeling of do it, do and this. And it's much easier when you when you're listening. When you're yeah, paying when I was paying attention, yeah. he came up with the name. I didn't know what I was gonna call it, Auntie Diaries or something <laughs> stupid like that. And I was like, and I remember I said, God, I don't know what to call this, and I and I really like you to help me on this because obviously your your idea is better than mm-hmm, mine. So mm-hmm, let's. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, "How do you want people to feel when you watch it?" And I was like, you know, I want them to feel like we're having a good time and we're having fun. And I was playing on that, playing on that. And I was like, where are the places that I have the most fun with my friends? And I was like, in in a in a in a brunch, sipping on some mimosas, having a chinny, or some going to one of my girls' house and ordering a takeaway and having a good time. And that's where the name cocktails and takeaways came from. Mm. It was the feeling of those places that I wanted to bring into that room. And it really was God that, that, that navigated that for me. Yeah. So, started the podcast. Um, didn't have any money to start it. I just, I, I was making about, I was getting like £300 a month off universal credit. My um, studio was £100 a week. And... I used the hundred pounds to pay to pay for the studio because because you also trusted that you know if God gave you this idea, you'd be able to execute it regardless. I just thought, do you know what? I just really wanted to put something. Remember, I said my my whole thing is creation. My whole yeah. thing is something building something. Yeah. And I think that element. Of, I, I didn't necessarily feel like it was going to last long, but it was just the idea of me building something, something and yeah. and it manifesting that excited me. So yeah, I started the podcast and then from there it just it just took off um from from the jump. Um Did you have visuals from the jump or it was I had just... visuals from the jump. Like I, I knew I wanted visuals for the jump. I think not many people were doing two pan cameras. Yeah. Everybody had a wide pan. Yeah. And I said no because I want to catch people's reaction. So I was one of the first people to have a two pan camera. Um doing podcasts because nobody was focusing on visuals yeah. but I was I was like I want this to be like a show it's very weird because I feel like any creator has the possibility of matching people who have a Netflix or a BBC or a, or a ITV mm-hmm. and that's how I've always designed my stuff even with the budget I had I said mm-hmm. when people look at the show I want them Quality. to think who is backing this yes. 
who is who is sponsoring this mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that and that was very important to me so yeah that's that's how the show started tell me how the how people received the first episode do you know what's so interesting and I, and and it goes back to um people chasing perfection when they first start something one of my mics weren't working on my first episode my my guest mic was not working so we had to use the we had to use the camera mic it was completely off the whole episode and and the, the fact that that is the episode one is hilarious because anyone else would be like fucking no I'm not putting yeah, it out but I put yeah. it out I put it out I was like there is nothing stopping me from putting out this uh this episode and it was important to me because I feel like it allowed me to see growth from having no mic in one to the camera shaking to sometimes sometimes our camera um the power the, the power in the cameras would pop out because the room was so small somebody kick a table that camera's popping wow. out and it's not it's not running it's I, not ru- you have no idea you, I have no idea talking. because I don't at this point I didn't have a team the team could have fit into the room the room was like this it's like a box yeah, yeah. Um. so if somebody kicked a camera that's it that's the whole episode done so we'd have we'd have times where it'd just be me or just be my guest so you, you, would, you would sit down but you set up before you sit down yeah they'd set up before I sit down they fuck off they fuck <laughs> off yeah and it just be us and hope for, hoping for the best. But you know what's so interesting in that time? Because I'm also a podcaster. You know that time where you're doing something, you don't know where the end is going to... Like, you don't know what the end is going to be. You don't even know what the middle is going to be. Mm-hmm. But you just have this serious hunch that, you know, if I can push, something might just happen. Mm-hmm. And, and as with my podcast, I didn't, I didn't realize that I wanted a podcast. I didn't want a podcast. You yeah. Know? I was in a very tough place with myself. Um, I just left a movie said that probably drained the life out of me. I was feeling so small. My self-esteem was in the mud. You know, but I'm just like, God, you know, you have to give me something that's mine that would not make me be at the mercy of people. Control. Yeah. Trauma, as you said, you know. So the place where the being on that movie just reminded me how inadequate I was. Mm. So I just really wanted something. So I prayed and, you know, I, I'd heard that I, I should start a TV show. I wanted a TV show because it's same. Yeah, I wanted a TV show because I didn't know what the podcast was. Because yeah. I didn't a podcast, yeah. you know. And you know, I met things happened. I met Sheyi. The podcast started, but even when it started, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just wanted to speak to people that came on. And ten episodes in, Lipton comes as a sponsor. Period. And I got Sheyi didn't want me. <laughs> it's just so amazing that you know when you listen to God and you 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 move according to what he's saying, like, there's such so much, so much ease. Yeah. And that's what I get from your, your, your conversation. And when you move with, when it's for you and you listen, it moves like this. Yes. Because I couldn't believe my life. Like, like you just said, 10 episodes. There's some people who have been waiting for, for, they're in their third season. Since, three seasons in, they're still, yeah. I feel like when you listen to God, when you, and, it, even in a place of fear, because it's like starting a podcast is hard. Yeah. It's, especially, let's not talk about solo podcast that all the money that you're spending, you're not splitting it between three ways. Yeah. Every, every um, financial decision is based on you and your pocket. Yeah. Ask my lots of how many times I've borrowed, when I first found how many times I've borrowed money just to, just to film. Like it was, it was hard starting, but for some reason, there's this innateness in you that's like, I have to keep going. I have to, like, there's something about this that's great. And I think from from that obedience of listening mm-hmm. is when God just took it, like, the speed of which the show grew, I couldn't believe when it. When did things change? So God. You, when, when did you get to the point where you realize that, oh, Father Lord is working. This thing is working on. I didn't process it for a long time. I'll tell you when. I'll tell you the story that I processed it. 
there is a um there's a there's a pastor um called Pastor Toby Ayoromi. He's mm-hmm. a pastor, he's a twin, and he's in based in the UK. And when I was in the, my worst times, I told you I was suicidal, I was leaning on God. I used to watch his show, his uh his church program every Sunday because he was in lockdown, so churches weren't running. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching him and 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 everything that he was saying about um spiritual like a god and the power that we have in god and the the ability to create the life we want through obedience and through getting to know god and tapping into the tapping into him um those were the things that i was applying into that into that point in my life so when i started the podcast it was taken off simultaneously i was also doing like personality stuff so i was doing the i was working with buzzfeed and uni days and i was doing word on the curb and being you know the funny girl out of the show now i can't remember where i was at this time but you know when life is moving so fast Mm -hmm. you don't really process the growth the growth and i was just like okay thank you god is great thank you god is great keep it moving what's next what's next what's next and i didn't realize how far i've come until I had gone to another church. I'm now in another church. And um, that pastor was a guest guest speaker. And it's the first time I've actually seen him face to face because before that, I was watching him on TV. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching him and I remember sitting in the church and it was like I was watching myself at the time that I was watching him and then looking at myself now thinking, fam, I'm in a different place. And I remember out, I went up to him at the service and I was like, sir, you don't know who I am, but I just want to say that you changed my life. And I cried for 20 minutes straight. I sat on the church <laughs> altar and I was like, <laughs> I know that. I, I cried. Know. And that was the moment that I deeped life was different for me. I cried that day because I remember, watching him was like, I, I actually remember where I came from now. I remember how I started. I remember how I was feeling. I remember what I was going through at that time. And then watching him now in the present and where life was, that realization just slapped me to my mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. cried and cried and cried. But it, it was a beautiful and very memorable moment. So tell, me, tell me from the time that the, the show became a thing, when it became viral, when what happened after? Because it's one thing for you to climb, but to maintain that, you know, because you've done the first season now. Yeah. You're like, God, how would you say that season? <laughs> how would we re- remain relevant? You know, there's yeah. so many things that you're actually thinking about. But tell me about the seal, the smooth seal. Is, or has there ever been a smooth seal with the podcast? I think the show's always been chaotic, but I think that's the beauty of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like um, with the show... Mm, that's a good question. I feel like the show's always growing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we always have amazing conversations. I think one thing that... Uh, one thing that people want to see is their favorite people at their most vulnerable and not necessarily at the most vulnerable where we're talking about the things we're talking about, but at the moment where it's not so media trained and it's not so polished. I think the fact that the show is so unpolished is why people keep coming back because it's like, we want to get to know this person for who they are, not the glossy, flossy thing that they bring on the, on on the internet. Mm -hmm. And we want, and we know Joyce, can bring that out of them. And I think that is why people keep coming back. Also, my personal brand was growing as well. So it's like, 
it, they were working simultaneously. Mm-hmm. The show was growing. I was growing. Mm-hmm. I was growing. The show was growing. So if people had seen me from something I'd done with Channel 4 or ITV2, they'd be like, oh, we want to know more about her. And then they'd go into the show. Mm. Or people were on the show because people if people came from the show because maybe their favorite is on there um, or there's a topic that they found enlightening, then they'll be like, okay, cool. Who's this Madam Joyce? Mm-hmm. Girl? She's cool. Let's move on. So mm-hmm. I think both of them were working hand in hand mm. in growth. I'm so interested in this conversation. Tell me how the show solidified you as a, as a media personality. Because it's one thing for you to start a show. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of podcasters who are not as popular. Yeah. Who would not convert into mainstream media mm-hmm. or digital media like you did. Tell me about that process. And you know, and, and it's probably something that you've been praying for, right? To be able to penetrate into that space. Yeah. Right? And the show did that for you. Because I've seen I've seen work that you've done for a lot of brands. I see your Instagram. You're a working girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about that process. Oh yeah. So I think from the beginning, I've I've always wanted to do personality stuff in terms of I wanted to I wanted to do shoots and I wanted to just come out and be myself and perform or maybe be asked about things and I think uh, you know there are so many amazing people like that Nella Rose is someone big in our community Grace Adjelor is someone that I've I've grown up watching and just seen women on camera be themselves and be and be lit and cool Mm -hmm. and I've always loved that so I think I used my show as a case study for my personality and um, there was loads of brands that I wanted to work with um, at the time BuzzFeed was one of them Word in the Cub was one of them and I was growing my TikToks and my social medias of the podcast and I was showing them and I was then finding emails and emailing people like oh my god like you know my name is Joyce I'm a podcast host um I have X amount of following. I would love to be on your platforms and just, you know, be myself. Can we work? And I think the first person that that took me in was Word on the Curb. So I did I did a shoot with Word on the Curb. It went viral. It went really well. And then from there, I used the case, I used that as a case study for BuzzFeed. Yeah. So then I started working with BuzzFeed. That's how I met Vind- Victor Kunda, who is mm-hmm. now one oh, of my right, right. bestest, bestest friends. I love his content. Yeah. That's I, every time I did something. Before I had management, I'd, out, I'd, I'd outreach to the next person and be like, I've done this for this. And then that's how the domino effect came. That's amazing. What, but what kind of, did you face backlash or, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? A pushback for being, first of all, a black woman yeah. in the UK, Nigerian, and not very, like, when I see you, it doesn't give me, I'm trying to be British. It gives me like, I'm a Nigerian girl yeah. who was born here, yeah. but I'm going to be me. That that sometimes can hinder the process of growth, especially in that space. Yeah. Have you been able to navigate that? You know what's interesting? And I actually miss, I miss Joyce-san when she first started because I really didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I really, really I didn't know that feeling. give a fuck. When I first started and I was coming on, I was like, ah, yeah, you know, you better like that. And I just would say whatever. And people would be in my comments like, you dumb bitch. You're like, really? <laughs> you dumb you, Oh, you're so ugly. I proper didn't give a fuck, you know. Like, when I've been zero for, <laughs> I just see it and I, it would not even, it move wouldn't you. even move me. I think the bigger I got, the yes. more bothered I, yes. start being, I started yes. becoming. Yes. Yes, yes. So back in the day when I first started, when all when honestly, because I I constantly was getting 
attacked and it was usually because of the boys because you know we talk about her guys having no money and you know you know what girlies you know yeah, what the girlies, girlies get talk up about to, yeah. what the girlies get up to in the kitchen we talk about that <laughs> stuff and I think it was the first time one of the first times it was being put on the internet and guys didn't know how to deal with it they didn't know how to deal with it and they were attacking bah 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 you dumb bitch you this you this and it literally went over my head oh, it never how get, why I don't know okay honestly I just feel like I just I feel like maybe I was a lot more secure in myself and insecure in what I was saying and a, and a little bit more audacious when I first started yeah. because there was I didn't have so much to lose then I was a, I, I was broke I was what's, coming up what's, what's the worst that, that can happen yes what's the worst that can happen so I think I, I, when I first started I was a lot more yeah. audacious with the things that I used to say and the things I used to do as a matter of fact um but as you grow, right, it feels like this career that I've created, this career that I've gotten to this point, I don't want to lose it by saying something off. Yeah. You feel a lot more muzzled. Yes. And, it's, and, and, and that's the worst thing you could feel as a podcaster because people, people know you to speak. Right. But if you can't speak to your fullest capability, then what, what, who are you? You're not as, as, as authentic as you, you are when you, when it's you started. Authentic, authenticity. I feel like the, the hardest thing for me was to keep my maintaining, auth- yeah. maintaining authenticity. Yeah. Because as you get more along this game and you get bigger, you start questioning yourself. Am I enough? Tracy, Am I hot enough? Please. Maybe I'm too man there. Maybe I should tone it down. Yes. Maybe I'm too, maybe I should I'm start too, crossing. Uh, maybe I should cross my leg. I'll be prim and proper. Maybe I should stop. I had a point where I was like, maybe I should stop speak using the Nigerian accent. Because I wanted to reach a bigger audience. And more, I thought I was mainstream, too Nigerian. Yeah. I wanted to be more mainstream. Right. Maybe the Nigerian accent needs to go. Yes. Because I'm too, I'm too aft for them. It's too much for them. Yeah. All those things, you start to question yourself, your yes. identity. Yes. And to, 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 keep, to hold onto the foundations of who you are, the bigger you go, becomes so rocky. Yes. yes. Because yes. people... You don't even know who to be. You don't even know who to be. Because then you have the brands that they want you but then they want the polished version oh, of you. Joyce. You saw me when I was calling hi, bitch. That's why you likes me. Oh. That's why you likes me. When I said when I was when I was shaking my bum, I saying I'm a hoochie mama. That's why you likes me. <laughs> now you want to sub it to my audience, but you want me in a way where it's like, but can you? I've had people like, can you just? There's just too many accents because you know sometimes I'll just come like this, and then I can yeah. just be an American. And, you know, and I only have one accent. They so. said, no, can we just stop? The, it's just too much. Yeah, just too yeah, much. It's yeah. like, but I wasn't too much. That's me, B. Yeah. So you just constantly having to hold on to who you are. Also, because you're making new bag, right? You don't want to fuck up this new bag. Yeah. So you, you want, want to adjust. Like, want to adjust. Hey, this bag don't stop coming up. Nice, that crusty, crusty. Hey, whoa. This is Madam Joyce. <laughs> Your audience will be like, say something off with her today. My audience can always tell. Yes. They know. They're like, yeah. Joyce, what, which accent is this? Which voice is this? They can always tell. Yeah. Um, I've tried. And I'm trying so hard to, to make the foundations of what I started remain. Because the problem is, and this happens to a lot of people in the space, mm-hmm. when you come in as yourself and you're at the mercy of these brands and you're at the mercy of these people, of this mainstream media and you want to go broad, cool, it's fine. The money's good, but you lose yourself. Oh, and then the job stops being fun. The job stops being fun because now you're just a watered-down version of who you want. Oh, Joyce, you're preaching. Let yeah. me give her some offering. <laughs> please! Please, I need, I need 2,000 that idea. Let me drop it somewhere. I'll just give you a your way. You're preaching. Yeah. I can relate because, you know, 
I can tell you that my most authentic self was when I was broke. Yeah. I had no move to the island. Yeah. I could, you know, I could wake up in the morning and give you five videos back to back, all of them funny, raw, authentic. Once I started entering town, because I became a sissy boy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know who to be. Yeah. Also, I was dealing with a lot of brands who, brands that, you know, they would say they want one thing on this, in this video, don't speak pretty English. But pretty English was my core. Like, if you wanted me to be, I can speak English and be funny, but like, my funniest version of myself is in pidgin english so there's a lot of shape shifting i didn't know who to be yeah one day i looked i looked at myself in the mirror i had changed so much yeah. i had changed so much i didn't know who i was again that's what that's what this game will do to you 100 percent. i was nearly there and this is the first time i'm admitting that i changed i was yeah. lost it's real it's Trust crazy it's, it's 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 real and especially when you're coming from the backgrounds that we come from you don't want to lose what you've gotten there's a fear of waking up one day and everything goes, yes. Yeah. I don't want to be noticed this person anymore. You, we, with how God has blessed us and attained us, it's great. But that's what, if you're going to, one of the reasons why keep me keep me going is that. Because one day you can wake up and look around and they've moved on. Everyone's moving on to the next thing. And but you don't want to be that person. Even the fear of people moving on from you. Yeah. 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 Because it can yeah. happen. It can happen. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. One minute you're popping, the next minute you're not. Yes. And that, that, that's there, definitely. And I, and I think the only thing that will make us relevant across the years that we want to be in this industry is sticking to who, who we really are. Thousand that's the only way we can figure out who the next version of ourselves needs to be. So like, yeah. Joyce 1.0 can only get to Joyce 2.0 when she has fulfilled 1.0 to the, yeah. to the letter. And, and it's so amazing because, you know, thank God you mentioned this thing about being lost. Because a lot of us just smile and come by everything, like everything's okay. But at some point in this game, you probably will lose yourself. Yeah. I, I had to run to church because I was losing it. It's the, yeah, you need to go back to the you foundation. You need to of Jesus. You like, need to go back to the foundations. Yeah. You said, we said that we're, we're in Christ and God is in us. If you want to find yourself, you need to find him. Like that's, that. I've I've been there. Trust me, I have been there. And I think as well, what, I was I was telling you off camera about the whole situation that that happened mm-hmm. um, in the UK mm-hmm. about the attacks. I thought I wanted to go into mainstream because you, you you went on a reality show, right? Yeah, I went on a reality Please show. Tell me about it. Yes, I went on a reality show in London because the plan was I wanted to do mainstream. Yeah, I wanted to be where the majority of the UK is. Now in the UK, the black black people make five percent of the population. <clears throat> And that is my main audience, which I am so in love with my audience. They are loyal. They are loving. Um, they are the most beautiful people on the planet. Um, but I just wanted to expand yeah. to, and, and reach the 95%, which yeah. is what, you know, everybody wants to do. And I went on the show and um, it was it was a good experience. But I think I what, what I realized is that I don't want to go into places that I have to water myself down to be. I don't want to go into places that I have to change. That, I'm, that I have to change because my current state is too much for them. Yes. I'm too brass. I'm too loud. I'm too da da da. Like yes. so, my my. I'm glad that happened because my new mindset is go where you're loved. Go Girl, where you're loved. You're preaching, and the world is so big that the level of love is infinite. So 
the the UK audience they might not they might not feel you, which is okay. But in Nigeria, they feel you. Yes. In yes. South Africa, they feel yes. you. In yes. America, they feel you. And I feel like instead of me trying to appease my masses, should I say, and go into this space and be like, please like me, please like me, please yeah, like me. Yeah, losing yourself. Which is yeah. Joyce Ann at eight years old. Please like me, please like me, please like me, please like me. Oh, Joyce, you're too deep for me. <laughs> oh. You said you wanted deep. Yeah. You said you wanted deep. Oh, my you friend, just, I don't say you deep like this. So. You just, you, you just, hey. I just came on to laugh. I thought we talk about boys and cocktails. But you just said, <laughs> you told me we need to go deep. Yeah. I decided to, 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 to be myself and stay where I am mm. and allow people to come and receive the love and reciprocate it. And that's, and that's what it is. This is so powerful, Joyce. Yeah. Because that's the only way that you can function in the real, like in what God has given you. Yeah. You know, I got to a point where I didn't recognize who I was. I wasn't even as funny anymore because I, I was playing a script yeah. of somebody else. And you know, one of, one of the things that happened to me last year and, and this year was that I was in such a, I was in a low place, but I couldn't tell what the problem was. I'm like, God, I'm so exhausted by playing somebody else's script. I'm so exhausted. Oof. Please just help me get back. In fact, like God, I need you to, to help me see myself the way you see me so that I can act accordingly because I, I didn't know what I was doing. And you know, one of the most profound things that I, I got was that, you know, to even be, to even be yourself is very hard. But yeah. it's the better way to go. A hundred percent. Because we're dealing with lots of childhood trauma, things that will trigger you. So you think that if you, if you stay far away from the eight-year-old Joyce, maybe, maybe she'll be accepted. Yeah. That eight-year-old was never accepted. So you want yeah. to create a new personality that will be accepted. But the eight-year-old is crying out there saying, you need to fix me. Yeah. You need to solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a chameleon thing as well. It's like rather than accepting your innate self, every time you go into a space, you become somebody else. You camouflage to what people think, what you think people will like you as. So it's like, okay, if I go to this uh, white space, let I will me, be this person. This person. Yeah. If I go, let me go and meet the bougie girls. I'll be this. Let me go and see the ratchet girls. I'll be this. <laughs> let me go. So have these different personalities because. You want this group of people to like you, so you form a person or an identity that you think that they'll be accepting to, rather than just being yourself. Yeah, but then again, you know what? I feel like that's what makes me a good actor. <laughs> I think, to be fair about myself, I'm a decent actor. I'm a great actor. You're a great actor. I feel like, you know, it's also that in that trauma, I can process, I'm, I've processed the fact that, you know, the reason why you're, maybe I'm naturally talented. I know I'm naturally talented. See, talk your shit. Yeah. But you know the thing where, you have you don't shape shift so much. You know how to be in every circle. That once a character comes, you can play anything. Yeah, girl, I can it's play anything. It's the beauty. It's the beauty of. I it, know yeah. who to be when I'm and and I've I've let go of that right, but I know who to be when I'm in rich circles. Yeah, I know who to be when I'm in hostile circles. Yeah, I know who to be when I'm in when I'm around people that hate me. Oh. I know who to be. When I need to get things, like I need to sound like them to get ahead. I know who to yeah. be in every circle. Yeah. But by the time, at some point, by the time I get home, I will be so exhausted from, from playing this script that I'm just like, I wish you really knew the real me. I'm, yeah. more, I'm much more fun. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I think that also in, increased my social anxiety. Let's talk about it. Yes, let's talk let's about talk it. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let me sip some. Let's talk about it. 
because girl, people don't talk about social anxiety. The the amount of social anxiety that we deal with as public figures, because mm-hmm. our lives are in the open and people can inter- interrogate it, is crazy. I would like to extend that to 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 anyone who is in is is in a social environment. Because I feel like yes, ours is bad, but I also feel like Joe down the road and Buslan the building is also going through these same things. Right. Talk to me about your social anxiety. So mine came from, I mean, back of, off the back of that conversation that we're having just before. Yeah. It was a thing where every time I was outside, I needed to be represent, put, put a front. I didn't mm-hmm. know who to be when I was outside. And, and, and for the first time, I've always gotten attention from being mean. Yeah. I've always been a creative. I've always been the boy that would stand out in secondary school. Even in, like, I was trolled a lot, but then again, I was, I always stood out. I was a model already. So, you could literally pick me in the crowd, right? Yeah. But for the first time, man, Joyce, I've, I walk into a place where more than half of the people know me. Mm-hmm. So, they're already talking about me before I enter. I can be in the club just, I'm not having fun because if I if I dance like this, if I turn my head, as opposed to dancing, they're looking at me. So that thing started getting into my system. I'm just like, so now that everybody has is paying attention to me, who do I need to be? Right? And sometimes I want to go out. I'm not having fun. I don't want to go out. I don't want to be in spaces where I don't know the people. And you know, because I wanted this life. Yeah. I never thought that there would come a day where I would say, I have social anxiety. I don't want to be out. Yeah. Because I always thought this life was a blessing. Like, and I said it was a conflict with myself because there was conflict with myself because God has finally given you this life that you have been praying for. How dare you want to, to yeah. not be thankful? How dare you be thankful? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I ask you a question? So when you were, do you, did you feel like you had the social anxiety when you were just acting? Or did you feel like it came from being a podcaster? No. So this social anxiety started from even just being popular on Instagram. Okay. But I didn't know that it would tr- translate to real life. So on Instagram, it's just clicks now, it's just people, it's DMs, it's comments, you know. So when I got into the real world and this social media film translated, yeah. right? I'm just like, there's something off here. I don't think I enjoy this much attention. Mm-hmm. But it was still a thing of, you know, you get used to it, you're just coming into this space. But the more I, I, I was climbing in the space, I just realized that I, I didn't want to be out with people that I didn't know. Like, even when I'm out, I'm so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it, and the more success that I got, right, the more it became worse. Yeah. So, like, if you need, like, this December, I didn't go anywhere. Not because, it's a social anxiety. I'm still doing a lot of work on myself. But it's just yeah. a thing where I'm more at peace in circles where I know the people. You know the people. These are my people. I w- and you know how they feel about you. Yes. I think one of my major issues was that I couldn't tell where their heads were at. Yeah. I can tell if it's if me by and somebody walks into this room, people behind the scene, I know we've we've been kicking it together for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So I know where they are mentally. Yeah, mentally. But with the rest of the public, you just never know. You just never. It even know. affected my, like, I will want. I do hosting gigs, right? But I'm always very careful to take certain hosting gigs because yeah. that's too much exposure. Yeah. I'm just like, I can host a an end of year party for a brand because I, I can imagine that you know the people there will not be so hostile right mm-hmm. but if you put me in a space where it's n- completely new you take me to another city 
I don't know what to expect. I would literally sink. Like, I would literally pray before I go on. Mm. I cannot tell you the amount of, the number of hosting events that I had to pray first. Once I start, when I, once I start it's, it's, it's good. I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. But before I go on, my sister, hmm. I'm like, God, please help me. Can you come? Can you come? And guess what? The people expect me to be so social because of my Instagram. Yeah. But in real life, that's not the... I'm like... It, it, when I knew that it was getting bad was when I was now sabotaging myself. Oof. Oof. Talk about it. Yes. Talk about it. Do you know, it. like, you know, I will get some opportunities and I will, as the opportunity is coming, my first reaction is not, thank you, Lord, for this. So I'm so excited. It's like, hey, they want to disgrace me. Oh. <laughs> hey, they want to expose me. Oof. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, at some point, I'm like, God, this, this is not normal because how in the world am I getting this opportunity and I'm trying to sabotage myself? Yeah. It's deep. You know well, what? Tell me about yours. I, I relate to this so much. I relate to this so much. And I feel like I, when I go into social settings and when I interact with people, again, going back to what we were spoken about, the need to be liked has made me very anxious because the the minute I feel like somebody doesn't like me. And you want to earn their like. And I feel like I need to do everything I can for that person to receive me well. And I think what fucked of me that, again, we're going back to my control issues, yeah. is that you cannot control how people feel about you. There are people out there that don't like me because they might think I'm too loud. I can't, I can't change that. But there is, there is this hate that they have towards me that the, the control freak and the people pleaser wants to be like, no, I want to change your mind mm-hmm. because I am mm-hmm. a nice person. Mm-hmm. Please, mm-hmm. I am a nice person. If you get person. to know me. If you actually get to know me, <laughs> you'll know I'm a nice person. Yeah. But my brain could not fathom that it didn't, it didn't matter how much I tried that that person just won't like me. It, I, it, it took me a while to just be accepting about And because we're always in control. Yeah. We know how to control situations until they bow to us. Yeah. So because we could not, we could, we could not get this under control, it was even a, a bigger problem. It was, it was a bigger, it was a big emotional problem for me. I feel like I also, I also realized that I, I because of, you know, be, maybe, maybe rejection or, maybe it is Speak rejection. It, rejection. I, I have this innate fear, this weird fear that there, there could be a small nuance. You could just, like, for example, we're having a conversation now. You bend your neck like this. I'm thinking, what's he talking about? What's he saying? Oh, what? Joyce, what you're are you too thinking? deep for me now. <laughs> Please now. What's he saying? Like, that, like he's not listening. He doesn't like me. Yes, he yes. doesn't like me. Yeah. Like, wow. I really thought we had a great conversation here, but he just bent his neck. So Joyce, now you can literally me. be having a bad day. Yeah. And I walk into a place. And your bad is making you not engage, engage me as you yeah. should. And you take it personally. I will take it upon myself. It's my fault. I'm the reason. So you see me try to... Because I'm funny. Yeah. So I always use funny to pull you pull in. Pull you out, yeah. Then when I cannot use funny to pull you in, I think the world is about yeah. to end. Yeah, this, yeah. This person doesn't like me. They have an issue with me. And then I will respond to you based on that thought. It might not necessarily be true, but... I've already been like, okay, cool. If you don't like me, I don't like you either. Yes. But you just had a bad day. But you, and now I think it's my problem. Now I think I'm the reason. So fuck it. I don't like you either. Let's okay. hate both hate each other. Okay. Speaking about rejection, right? Yeah. So I always say this about Unilag and how I was trolled and things that happened yeah. in Unilag and literally shapes me and how I see 
people from Inilaga, just people generally, right? Yeah. So I remember that there were times when maybe, you know when you don't know somebody but you see them around a lot mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. maybe you guys never say hi just because, obviously. But the energy towards you might not be, oh, I don't like him. The energy towards you might be, I don't know him so I don't know yeah. how to speak to him. Yeah. But me, in my head, like, ah, uh-uh. You're not, you're not fucking with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking with you. So I already created enmity between us before. It's also help with my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing where I'm talking, this joy is good, but I say she don't like me. So before you even show me that you don't like me, I don't like you too. Yeah. So <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, make with just day. Yeah. So it, it helps with expectations. But half the time, this is just a trauma response because sometimes it's not even true because some of the best people that I, I became friends with, I didn't used to fuck with them before. Yeah. I hated them as, you know, when you get close to them, you're like, I didn't hate you. And you're like, oh God, please, you need to heal me from this thing because it's causing It is problems. a healing thing. And I think, yeah. I think as well, I would like to think that, I, I would like to think I'm quite confident. And I like to think that I, I don't, I don't think the worst of myself, but I had to sit down and, and really think that why is my innate response is that people don't like me. And I think I really had to dig deep eternally to, to, to realize that maybe it is a self-esteem issue, which I never thought I had because I'm so extrovert. I'm so like, ah, you know, but it really is a self-esteem issue that the, the automatic response to people is that you're not good enough to be liked or you're not good enough to be loved by them that automatically is like, this person doesn't like me because mm. I'm this yeah. or I'm that. Just like where you have people that have kind of grandiose self-esteem that they think everybody loves them. Mm-hmm. You're at the other end of the spectrum where the interactions that you have with people is, please, can this person like me? Yes. And why don't they like yes. me? And I need to get them to like yes. me. It really is a trauma response. It is. It is. And you know, at some point I just realized... So some, at some point, my friends used to be so irritated. Like, especially my friends that found me great, that yeah. thought I was iconic, right? And you know, when they would, they would say things to me and I would beat it down or I would, I would not take it, I would not engage it in a way that they would expect, you know? Like, so they're trying to give me my flowers, but I'm turning it down so that, you know, they feel, I feel like, oh, Timothy, I've not been too much. So it also manages my own expectation of myself. Like, um... Timmy-san, your podcast is great. I probably replied saying, you know, yeah, it's one of those things that I do just not to take on the, the praise. And it's, it's a trauma response because you are great. Yeah, period. But you're the you only one great. that cannot see it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I, yeah. I remember times when, I can't remember one day, I think it was Toke, I was telling her something. It's like, Timmy-san, you just have to give it a rest, please. <laughs> like, like, you know when she, she was so tired of the negative, like, yeah. she was so tired of me putting myself down, like, it's like, Timson, please, you'll be fine. It's not that deep. Yeah. I you know, and and we my colleagues don't talk about it enough because we deal with it in one form or the or the other. And mm-hmm. and if we can talk about this more, I feel like everybody would just feel like, you know, we're all going through the same things. Definitely. And I feel like it, it how it manifests in us, because I mean, me and you were podcasters. Yeah. We're we're known to be extrovert and loud. Yeah. And, what appears to be overly confident. Yeah. So us discussing social anxiety is 
is like that doesn't make sense to me because yes. people that do have social anxiety are a lot more introvert and quiet and yeah. secluded and they just yeah. keep themselves to themselves yeah. But I feel like it's so important for us who are, yes, we are loud. Yes, I don't have an issue going up to somebody and having a conversation. But best believe in the cab home, I'm thinking about the whole conversation from A to Z and wondering where I went wrong. <laughs> it's different. This girl is killing me on this podcast. It's man- it manifests Joyce! differently. Honey. I can say two days. Yeah, to, honestly. To process. To process a, a one chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. That's me. Recently in Abuja, I went to Abuja recently, mm-hmm. and you know somebody that I'd worked with before. I just realized that there's something off about how we're engaging, right? Mm-hmm. Ever since we worked, and you know, and I saw him there again at the event, right? Before I, before I could get up to come and greet him, in Nong, in Okay. But I didn't. I, I I could have. I swear that like he saw me, but he probably had to leave early. But my brain did not tell me that he had to leave early. But what my brain was telling me was that. Damn. This man doesn't like you at all. Or what huh. have you done? What, did what you do you need do? to fix? Yeah. Like, what can you do? Yeah. What can you... And you know, as I was praying, God just said, can you, can you, can you calm down? Mm. Can you just rest? Yeah. Can you just rest and be a human? Like, just just let this go. Because that's the only way you can find peace. Yeah. It's so... It's, it's emotionally one of the most difficult things that I struggle with. And unfortunately... I've pushed away so many people because of this. Because because I can't fathom that this person likes me, I would just I would just I would just let them go. Yeah, okay. Joyce okay. is preaching. I've I've, honestly, I've run away and 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 I, I want to use this opportunity to maybe apologize. I've run away from Please, so many niggas, people. Please, niggas, you all need to come back. The the boys that generally did care for me and generally did love me, I pushed them away because of the of that mental fear. Yes. That they didn't like me, and I didn't know how to. Yeah. I didn't know how to communicate with them. You just be like, okay, well, you know, this is my thoughts, and to be honest, I'm not gonna be bothered to speak to you about it because I'm gonna look crazy if I do. So let me just leave it. Like that has been my story, bro. Let's get in deeper because yeah. this is gonna help a lot of people. Yeah. Do you know there's one time I was seeing someone, and the person said, "Whoever did this to you should not be well with them." Because you're a rock. Yeah. Your heart is of, made of stone. But it, it was a thing where I could not take in the love. It was, yeah. it was almost like, this can't be real. Why? How? You know, so I would self-sabotage. Stop it. If you're liking me, you're a, you're, in, you're a problem. You want something. If you want my likeness, don't, don't give me fists. Man, if you like me, when, Show me that you're when somebody loves me like I run this, away. I run the fuck away. Ah! Because what do you want? Chess what or do you, trauma. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Like, what do you want from me? What do you want? Do you want to start a podcast? I'm not going to help you. <laughs> what do you want? Well, no, because it like it's mine is bad. I can't like when somebody I feel like, like you, that, know, you know when you feel like everything is transactional for you to get love, you have to give something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Someone can just not just love you, or someone can just be like, oh man, I can go, I can really go on about this. Someone can just not like like you because you're you. Like and and it's so funny because it's like I we're well, going back to the childhood trauma of me wanting people's validation mm-hmm. and wanting to be liked mm-hmm. so much so that there are people out there uh, that I've dated who are not even to my level but for some reason I've glorified them because of that need oh, to Joyce. be accepted. I'm even ashamed of some people so that, shame. I've, that I've hooked up with in this life. So shameless. And you see that thing where. 
And I think we're having this conversation. Is that thing where you can't see yourself as the Joyce to the rest of the world? This is Joyce, the podcaster, superstar girl. Yeah. Listen, but you're still that eight year old. I'm seeing Joyce Anne. I'm seeing Joyce Anne. The need to be excited. And honestly, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps now because talking about you for me. I'm getting goosebumps now because it's like I really cannot see what people see externally. I cannot. And it's, it, it, it is very hard because that's how I end up in these relationships that are literally at, at the Bilupa. level. Because that is at, it's at the level of, I, of how I see myself. Yes. Yes, Not my of friend. Not where I am. Yes, my friend. Like the choices, the decisions that you, you take, mm-hmm. the things that you even let happen to you mm-hmm. is because of how you see yourself. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like, it has happened to me so many times. You know, one, you know one, one of my biggest prayers this entire year was like, God, Help me to see myself the way you see me so I can yeah. act accordingly. Because if I see myself as the 13-year-old Timisan, the bullied Timisan, yeah. I will never be able to attract the things that I really need for Agreed. myself. Agreed. Agreed. And if you do, you will feel like you're undeserving. You feel like a, a fraud. Yeah. Agreed. As I've, I've date, The thing is, I've been around men that are on my level. That they're, like, there was one boy that I was dating. As confident as I think I am, this boy was sexy. And it's the first time I've ever seen someone I thought, yummy, yummy. Coming for me. Coming for me. <laughs> and it was like that 14-year-old dark-skinned girl that, that the man them didn't like because she was dark-skinned, big lips, big. She kicked in. And it was like, nah, this boy's too good for me. This boy's too fine so for me. So you look for every way to sabotage that relationship. I sabotage. No, yeah. You'll fight. You, I ran away. I'll, I'll be honest. I ran away. I ran away. I... One time I had a dating problem. Like I still have it. God, God is God is healing God me. Right? Healing. For the, like for, I don't think I've had a successful relationship. Right? And Neither this is the first I. time I'm, I'm saying Neither it. I. Right? Guys, doesn't mean that people I'm dateable now. Jesus has worked on me. I'm just saying. Like for the longest time, I didn't think I, I was one that had the issue. I thought that everybody was fucked up except mm. me. And you know, now that I'm looking at myself through the lens that I'm looking at myself, and thank God for Jesus for just opening my mind to. Mm-hmm. I was a hot mess. Hot, squeaky mess. Um, um, Joyce-Han, hmm. if, you, if you show me love, it'd be like, you know when you're drinking bitter, you know you say bitter cola? Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> 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 ah, girl, hmm. like, if you overlove me, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you deal with me emotionally, that point where I have to come back and earn this. And it, yeah, yeah, use. yeah. I will work over time. Over time! To prove that ah! I can be loved. Yeah, to prove that you can, yeah, you can love me. I, and and for people like us, things like breadcrumbing works very well. Yes. Where somebody that you're seeing is not consistent. I but was gives constantly, you enough. It gives you enough to keep you, mm-hmm. but not enough to, to secure you. So you're constantly in this anxious We're never secure. of... Oh, do they like me? Do they not like me? They like me today. Oh my God, we had a good time today. Then you weren't here for them for three days. Oh my God, what's going on? I need to do more. Text, 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 text. Cool, 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 And you go through that ugly cycle because you, you want to please this person. But also, you, you don't want them to run away. I don't even know how yes. to explain it. You don't do too much. So you don't, don't do too much. Yeah. But you realize that every time that you you do and over-apply yourself, it just never gets It them. never gets So them. also, the more you encounter those, those issues, the more your esteem begins to you know, dive. Because yeah. it feels like it's a pattern. 
oh, yeah, I was right about the first one. I was right about the second one. Okay, maybe this is really my problem. Yeah. But you find people who are not half, who are not half as great as you get into fantastic relationships and you're really wondering, maybe I'm really the fucked up one here. Yeah. Hey, Joyce. I don't want to dwell on this so that they don't think we're, we're so traumatized. Anyway, traumatized podcasters make the best podcasters. Oh, no, we do. <laughs> because we can engage with everybody on the level that they are on. Like, and also, Period. I feel like, you know, just, uh, you know, as much as we're, we're traumatized, and I feel like by reading memoirs, I just realized that, you know, most of the greatest people, the greatest creatives always had this level of trauma one way or the other. It might not be on our level, but just something that makes them extra creative, that makes them extra great. Yeah. I feel like some part of it is because of that inadequacy, we worked extra hard. Yeah. And also, what what I always say this, because I always like some I always say God likes to disgrace me every every now and again. And I remember I was saying, I was saying this to a friend. I said, ah, I've caught some disgrace in my life. I've seen some things. And she said something that was that was so beautiful and it stuck with me. And it was like, if you didn't have these, if you didn't have these things happen to you, you don't have a story to tell. And that exactly, that's what we are podcasters. We're storytellers. Mm. I feel like we are people that sit down and and go through our process and go through our pain and go mm. through our, our embarrassing moments. And if we didn't have those moments, we have nothing to share to our yes. audience. Yes. And I think that's that that's the beauty. In, in sitting here saying we are batshit crazy. Oh, uh, <laughs> girl, like, you know, what, recently I was saying, you know, I was praying and, and God, God dropped something in my spirit where it's like, the reason why you can connect with people this much on this podcast is because of things that you have gone through. Yeah. So when people open their mouth here and say things about their lives, it's something that's really new to me. Maybe it might be different situations, but it's almost the same principle. Agreed. Across board. Yeah. So I'm like, God, do I have to be the scapegoat for me to for me to be able to connect with people here? I've had people who have gone through different types of trauma, rape, different things, and when they speak, I can relate. Yeah, and it's only because of things that I've gone through. Agreed. But one of the things that I, I would say is that you know, at some points we now have to do the work on ourselves. Agreed. To not be functioning on bad form, <laughs> because I functioned on bad form for a long time. Yeah, you know, and and I and I think that I only started doing the the hard work to get myself to a healthy place. So that you know, going forward, you're not exactly running on bad for you're not you're not doing things to appease just the eight year old joys. You're not doing things from the the this current joys, the twenty six year old joys yeah. who's getting it, who's famous, who's who deserves a better life. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And again, I'm I'm trying to unpack I am I am unpacking a lot of things mm-hmm. you're absolutely right when you say that this this job that we do really does bring out it, all the stuff that we didn't think were problems it starts pulling them out yeah. it starts pulling them out you mm. start seeing it more and it's never been I, I don't feel like my issues have ever been so apparent as they are like now um so it's something I'm definitely dealing with but I'm I'm also enjoying the process of relearning and reflying, yeah. refinding and unearthing myself as well. Because then again, that is another beautiful story to tell somebody else. And as, as chaotic as we are, um, I think these conversations are important because it allows the audience to feel less crazy. Because I know that there are so many people going through the same yes. thing. Yes. But again, mental health in Black community is something that's not spoken about. And usually these things 
are sub there's so eternal battles that it's quite difficult to share them to be like ah, I'm thinking this person doesn't like me but I don't know why or yeah. these things you, you people usually tend to dismiss yeah. them so I am really glad that we open up the floor to this conversation yeah Oh, love it, love it. You know, I was so worried about this conversation. Like, we're both podcasters. Where, where's it going to go? But it's so deep. It's so on point. And, and it's going to do the work that it's, it needs to do. But let me not dwell on it. So, yes, let's we're go. We're the most traumatized bunch, right? Yeah. Okay, so but let's talk about your the reality show that you went on. Tell me about the experience. Okay, yeah. So I did a reality show in the UK. Um, it was basically, I was locked in a house with with like 10 other creators and we basically just had to do challenges every day and we were on the clock filmed 24 hours a day um and yeah it was no no communication with the outside world no mobile phones nothing like big brother uh, it was yeah it was like big brother but it was it was like on a digital platform right and it was it was a very crazy experience i think couple of things I realized about myself was that I, 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 as many people use my phone as a, as an escape mechanism. So when I'm bored or when I need to switch off, I'll just scroll through my phone, scroll through my phone. Um, so not being able to have that security, I was already like, fucking hell, this is crazy. Number one, number two, I think when you're going through emotional processes and very emotionally traumatic things, you usually have some pillars basic pillars that you go to whether that's your mom or family member or your friend mm-hmm. to vent and to to vent and to just get it out of your system mm-hmm. or to speak to someone about it you don't have those things so you're then going through the emotional process of being in a house with strangers not having your mobile phone the day is moving so slow and you're just isolated from your friends and family. Then number three, having those emotions, having normal reactions to those emotions. I'm sad. I'm annoyed. I just want to rant about it. I just want to get it off my chest. Mm-hmm. This person has, you know, maybe irritated me a bit. Mm-hmm. I want to get off my chest. But then also being fearful that you're being filmed. Right. And questioning your what, what would be a normal response for you. You're yeah. now questioning, is this the... Is this a is this a perfect perfect response. response that will not allow me to be the mad black woman or the angry black woman yes. arch- archetype? Those were the three things that were in rotation like this, and um, I really really I really really struggled. I came third of the show. God is good. Out of ten, I came third. That was amazing. amazing. But I think I didn't get to enjoy the the win that me and my community built on that mm. because of how, to be honest, how shit <laughs> the experience was. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean how shit the experience? Okay, all the things that you had to deal with. Yeah, so I think the, the opportunity, and again, you were saying it, you, you were literally saying it like, when I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling down about something, you then start feeling guilty that you're feeling down yes. because you should be grateful because at one yes. point you prayed for this shit. Yes. And yes. that was what I was going through mm-hmm. as well. So I was like, I'm f- I don't want to be here, but I feel guilty that I don't want to be yeah. here because at one point this was my dream yes. and God yes. gave it to me. Yeah. So I should be happy. Mm-hmm. But being in there, it was it, it was 
was very hard. I think at the time I had a very good I had a very good housemate. I had very good housemates that were there and we were all emotionally supporting each other, but it still wasn't enough. And then coming out of the show and then receiving so much abuse and so much verbal abuse on the internet and yeah. racial monarchs of being called, you know, monkey, beast, yeah. and that. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really Are bad. Are you serious? It was really bad. Just tell me about that. Because look, on your Instagram, where, where, where was... Where was all of this happening? So this was happening on like TikTok, all social media platforms. Yeah, TikTok, Twitter. I had people like in my DMs, comments, emails. Like it was crazy. It's like it, it, it felt like people had put their notifications on that every time I posted, I just had floods of hate like within the first minute. So it was it was very much targeted at you, at me. How did you deal with that? I think it was very difficult. I did have very, I, I did have quite a few panic attacks mm. from it. Um, I think it was just a one of those, this too shall pass moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm somebody, and I think because of, again, where I've come from, for some reason in my time of my, when I feel like I'm about to be low, my worth ethic shoots up. Yes. I work my mechanism. I work my hardest mm-hmm. when I feel like shit is about to hit the fan. Yeah. So when I start, when people were saying this and saying that, and you're finished, nobody likes you, everybody hates it. It kicked in that mechanism the, of I need to work. Yes, I need to work. Yes, What's next? Yes, What's next? Yes, hustle, hustle, yes. hustle. So I really started. I really started going on on my social media content. I really started investing into my show I really started thinking about what I'm going to be doing in Nigeria mm. so as as much as it it was a hard time I think it was a good moment it was for a me trigger for it was a trigger for me because you go through this you you do this job and after a while you know it you plateau you plateau you just sit and you're you... sailing you come yeah. in on a Monday mm-hmm. or whatever you film like you, you're no longer nervous about who's yeah. across the seat to you you know that you're going to get it done you know anyway. you're going to get it done yeah. it's going to be lit it's you're routine. lit it's yeah. routine cocktails back to back home go again and I think this was the first time this year where there was so much um, what's it not un- uncertainty Certainty, yeah. uncertainty where you don't know what's happening and this was one of them and in a weird way, I, I quite love the beauty of that. Oh, that's so deep. In that place where you're, it feels like you're rock bottom. What's the only way to go up? Yeah. So you would do everything to ascend. 100%. But sometimes it's just God redirecting you and telling you that there's more 1000%. to do. 1000%. And if you don't get into that place where you're pushed to a corner, you just won't think that a hundred percent and I think it really made me appreciate my community more mm. because it was like, okay, cool. You're chasing what's here. You're chasing what's this way. You're chasing the mainstream. You're chasing this and what you both. But your you're not watching this one. You're not. Your community is literally behind you, rocking with you, backing you, and you're not even paying attention to them. You're too busy looking for the majority, but there's a group of people behind you that you. will die for you. And I think that is when I started realizing, uh-uh, stay where you're loved. And I said that to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Stay where, stay where you're loved. I love my community. My community has other people. The bad boys and girls are the people who made me who I am today. And if you're somebody who wants to join the bad boys and girls, cool. But I'm no longer trying to go over there to appease people. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here 
with my family, with my bad boys and girls. If you want to rock with us, cool. If you don't, fuck you. And that's period. This is so profound. You just spoke to me because, you know, I was, I'm on the blog this morning. I was on the blog this morning and I, I kept going off. I'm like, oh my God, why am I always on the blog? You know, and it just makes sense because as much as you're getting backlash on the blogs, your own community is stunning you mm-hmm. from here to Pakistan. And, and and you're wondering, and half the time you're trying to earn the new people, earn the new people, but you're not watching your own guys. Agreed. Who would agreed stick out their necks for you? Who would go on blogs to fight on your behalf? Listen, you know? I had to DM some people from that doing because every time it's like they every time somebody made a new comment, are you bored? Yes. Are you bored? Shut yes. the fuck up. Yes. Look at your hairline. They were ready to go, and obviously because I can't speak about these things, yeah. I can't be cussing everyone that cusses yeah. me. There were people who were one, who were mine, who were my people mm. that were ready to fight for me. Mm. I had to DM some people to be like, do you know what? I see you and I fuck with you and I love you. Mm. Because those are the people that you need to remember. I feel like when you have social anxiety and when you have like, when you have self-esteem issues, which is what I would say I have, you always focus on the people who hate you because you want to change you their mind. Convert them. You want to convert them into lovers. But the people that love you you really just get you've, you've yeah. because it's like okay, you, they're I'm already, already there. secure. Yes, yeah, you've made me, you've made me feel oh, secure. Oh, you're preaching, my friend. Let me go. Let me convert. Let me go to the people that I need to convert. But that's not the case. And and when God opens your eyes to see the people that actually love you, when I mean love, you, as in love, you die. Yeah, I you know. And thank you for saying this. And I'm going to do better next year. I have a very healthy community of people. Like when I say healthy, right? I have young and upperly mobile people yeah. from people in uni to people who are out of uni, people who have great jobs, who are in high positions, HNIs, who genuinely think I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. But I've never focused on them. Please. Have you done a live show? No. You're very crazy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no, you're very crazy. I did a live show th- this year. Can I just say God is good? I did a live show at the O2 Indigo. Mm. 1,500 people. Now, when we look at our numbers, like, when we look at the podcast numbers, we might we might have an episode that is on way 100,000 or yeah. you might even, you know, do a 200 or 60,000 or 70 or whatever yeah. your numbers are. You might do a TikTok that's on 1 million. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, cool. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You cannot compartmentalize what that means because they're just numbers on yes. the screen and just like okay thank you jesus 100k that's yeah. good that's well tiktok well i promise you you will never understand what it means to be loved by your community until you are in a room with them and i remember i will never forget the o2 indigo when i walked out and i looked around and there was almost 2000 people in that room and they were screaming and I looked around and I, I screamed back. <laughs> like, ah! They screamed at me. I screamed at them. I looked around. I couldn't believe it. I said, these are the people week by week that fuck with me. That they'll be telling me what I said. Yes. I can't even, I can't, I can't, I can't even remember when I said that. Yes. But Joyce, you said that. Yes. Like, I don't, many people don't call me Joyce when I, before I first started. Because it was something that was close to my family. It was just my mm-hmm. family that mm-hmm. called me Joyce Anne. People who don't really know me call me mm-hmm. Joyce. My community calls me Joyce Ann. Because they feel like they know you. Because, but they, and that's the thing, they do know me. Because I've been doing this for the past 
coming up to three years and I've shared, you know, I'm an oversharer. Yes, yes. I'm an oversharer. Yeah. Oh, they've know that my community knows me more than some men I've dated. De- dead. No, dead I ass. love it. I love there it. are some people in my team that know me more than some people that I've dated. Because it's, it's been a long-lasting relationship. It's been a long-lasting, consistent relationship yeah. of them showing up for you week by week. Please, if I can tell you anything, do a live show. I'm doing one next year. But you know the thing where, you know, I just begin to realize how much community that I've, I've gathered over time. Because, you know, when I was off-season, before I came on the season, mm-hmm. I would get messages. Even when I was, even when I'm out, you find people saying, Timmy-san, the last episode was this. You said this in the last one. Even my Instagram, you know, I, things that I've said before. You said that we should start doing this. You said that we should stop giving people more. Like, they will come up to me. Remember, I was hosting something for Tom's. Tom's was launching in Nigeria. So, I was hosting something for them. And one girl came to me and said, you're my therapist. That I look forward to your post every yeah. morning. Me, yeah. we need therapy. Somebody did <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is saying, I am their therapist and, and you know sometimes you know we can be very selfish because we're always in our heads saying my life is not going well it's but you don't know how many people that you are inspiring yeah. and you don't know how many people that are influenced by your decision even in your mess agreed agreed i think that's what makes us real i think that's what makes us i think that's what makes the relationship between our listeners and viewers and us because we don't come squeaky clean mm. these episodes they they're the most beautiful because it's it's no longer uh I'm gonna tell you how to to navigate life or I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I feel like you should do. Mm-hmm. But it's all like we're all in this fucking mess together. Yes. And there's a there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty in somebody watching this to be like, I'm sis, bro, I'm, I'm going through yeah. it too. Yeah, so we're all good. We Even your faves are going through it. We're figuring it out. <laughs> and it makes us just that much more human yeah. than something that's that's up here and needs to be glorified. Mm. So yeah, and again, my my audience, whereas your show is therapy, mine is more escapism. And I think yes. people are like, listen, Joyce, I've had a shit day. I've had a shit day yeah. at work. I've had people message me saying they've had family members die. And and they they tune into the show because it makes them happy. And if they can spend a, a, an hour or two hours of happiness with me and go back to their shit lives, they've done it. Yes. And it makes me more responsible to so make sure I turn up every single week. If you've told me your daddy died and this one you are using for escapism, I'm, 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 I'm sure you have to show I up. Swear, you have to show I up. Swear, this thing you just said is so powerful because. At some point, the only reason why I started showing up even more and even this, I don't know if they would want to give me my flowers, but I show up more these days. I'm more intentional about my work these days. It's because I realized that, you know, as opposed to, I mean, the byproduct of this thing is the fame, yeah, the acclaim, the spaces that you're allowed to get into. But I realized that we're service providers. Yeah. We, we owe these people serve our services, yeah. right? And once I clocked that, I'm just like, you know what? Even if I'm not feeling like that, I was still sure because TV Tapeport has to be done. Yeah. Instagram videos have to be out there. And and since then, it's just I just feel like there's more peace. Like So even when the video doesn't do well, I'm just like, You showed up. I showed up. You showed up. I did yeah. what I have to do. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. It's, again, I think, and I think this is what, a lot of podcasters when you get to a certain space people are like what keeps you going people are like ah, you know what consistency consistency persistence persistence what keeps you going I'm like my people keep me going 
because if my audience, if I don't show up for my audience, they're going to message me, where the hell are you? Yes. We needed you and you wasn't there. Yes. I had a bad day and I wanted to tune in and you wasn't there. What happened? You have to be responsible. And it's it's like having, it's like, you know, when you have, when you go gym and you have a gym buddy because you have someone to keep you accountable. Yes. 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 My audience keeps me accountable for the show to keep running. Yes. Without them pushing me to be like, show up every week, make sure the mic is this, make sure that the, Bruv, I would have quit. I swear to you, I would have quit long time Mister, ago. Let's just be fully honest. I would have quit long time ago. Let's be honest. Since we're already putting it out there. Yeah. Me, I don't even know I've done three seasons of a podcast because I'm like, what will I say? <laughs> By the second season, I'm just like, hey, God. Honestly. Where are the guests? Where's the guests? Don't yeah. disgrace me, oh, please, God. Because, But every time that, you know, I think about it, I'm three seasons, I'm about to wrap up this season. And Period. I've done almost 20 guests. Period. I'm like, okay, maybe you can do a fourth one. Yes. But also, like, you're servicing a group of people who, if you brought, if I bring a taxi driver here, they will listen. If I yeah. bring yeah. a blind man here, they will listen. Yeah. So whoever I bring on here, they will listen. And I also started because deep it, deep it. Yeah. I'm gonna heal you for. I'm gonna heal you. Yeah. Because guess what? They're not coming for the person across the room. They're coming for you. Mm. And that's something that shits and gigs taught me. They're like, listen, this is. You're, you're not an interviewer. So you're your uh, conversationalist. This is your space. You're yeah. conversationalist. Interviewer is question and answer. We've been going backwards. You're conversationalist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's across the room or how big or how small the guest is because they're coming because they love you Oosh. and what you have to say. Mm. And that alone is very difficult to accept. Yes. Yes. Because you'll be thinking, ah, the guest, the guest. Yes, Let's yes, get the big guest. Yes, Let's get the big guest. Yes, that was yes. me. And so James said to me, it doesn't matter who's sitting across from you. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about you and, and what you're bringing. Yes. And that, and, and, and that was a beautiful realization. That's yeah. what happened to me this season. By this season, I looked at the two seasons before. I'm like, I've done most of your faves. Big your hitters, yeah. The numbers are great. But then again, I'm just like, how will I sustain this podcast? Four, five, six seasons. If I keep, but that by the time I'm done my fourth season, all the celebrities could not finish for an interview. Because yeah, yeah. how many of us are? What's who's next? Are there, yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I know, and and I've always liked conversations regardless of whoever the person is. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I started with celebrities was because I could relate to them more, mm-hmm. so it was easy to have a conversation with them. But I, I started looking for people who could have conversations. Yeah, leaders of industry, authorities in their spaces who just their lives is robust enough for a conversation. Yeah, and you know one of the most profound episodes that I've had, one of the most eye-opening episodes that I've had for two this season is Kennedy and Tito. Mm-hmm. These are not celebrities. I mean, they're stars in their own right, but these are regular people with regular lives who just have very interesting stories to tell. Yeah. And they did amazing numbers. I don't even know. I think Tito's one of the highest this season. And I'm just like, you know, maybe you can actually do five seasons. Definitely. Because it's, it's always about your input into that conversation. Mm. This show is about you. Your name is your name is on the red mark. Yeah. This is this is this is about you. Yeah. Um so I think once you realize that you stop feeling the show stops feeling so guest dependent. Because I mm. have that same thing. That yes. We need to get the big hits to get yes. the views. But I realized, you know one of my biggest episodes is me and my little brother. Mm. It's me and my little brother being idiots. It and it beat a lot of big hitters. That yes. that yes. episode has beat a lot of big hitters yes. that I've had on my show yes. because it was just so authentic to yeah. me yeah. having my younger brother on the show and being a fool yeah. <laughs> and cussing each cruise. other out like siblings yeah. and stuff like that. So 
I pray for six seasons, seven seasons, eight seasons. I pray, in fact, I pray that What's you stop. Season you do I don't do seasons. I run every Wednesday. Hey! I pray for you to my sister. Yeah. It took a lot. Guys, I'm sure a lot of the bad boys and girls are thinking, girl, don't motherfucking cap. I have taken breaks. Okay, right. I have I have been like, guys, sorry, this week. When I didn't have a team, obviously now I'm, yeah. I'm blessed to have a team now. Um, but before when I was running everything by myself, I was, boy, there were some days I said, weeks, I said, please. I'm so you're saying that every day in the week, there's a new episode? Every Wednesday, there is a new episode. Every Wednesday. That's deep, Joyce. I mean, the people, like fam, the people need the kids. So every, every Wednesday, there's a new guest? Every Wednesday, there's a new guest. How, how long have you been doing this for? Three years. Where did you find all these people in three years? God, do you know what? Yeah. The world is big, you know. I feel Fair like enough. even if the world is big and also I listen to my audience a lot, I I try not to to stay in the same place. Now we're trying to branch out to different people. So not just have the content creator, celebrity guests, but have people with real stories like you. Yes, make yes. it fun. Yes. What can what can my audience pull from this from this conversation as opposed mm-hmm. to my audience being excited for who the person is mm. so yeah now now that's that's how we're rerouting ourselves so anybody can be a guest anybody can be a guest now I promise you you next year people are going to be very surprised mm. to see the, who's gonna, who I'm going to be sitting down that's to that's actually brilliant that's and actually I, can't, really I brilliant. can't I cannot wait cannot wait I'm so proud of the work that you've done that, you. that you're doing um, I don't know we should talk about we should talk about boys let's talk about boys mm. now that I know who Joyce Ann is I'm trying to know what dating is now for this choice? Okay. Has, has anything really changed from being that little girl? Are you better with relationships now? Are you more vulnerable with men? I would say, do you know what it is? Yeah, I feel like now dating has become harder for me because you're star. Because I'm because I'm I'm now in the public eye. Like it's funny because sometimes when I talk to guys and they're like, "Oh, do you know what? Like I don't want I don't want to like be a story on your podcast and that." And it's like, who the fuck's trying to talk? Who about cares you? about you? Come who and get her out. You Trust me, you go. That's what they do. I, if I, is it, that is me on TV testing. Please, I wasn't going to use you. Honestly, guy. your story wasn't that even that popping anyways <laughs> to be discussed on my show. Right. So, um, yeah, but I feel like um, I'm trying to multiply date now. I feel like before I used to just be hyper-focused on one person. Uh. But it's been, it, it, it hasn't served me well because then I get sick after like two months and I just duck out. Like... I give all my all my all my all, and I think guys are a lot more slow burners than that. They're a lot they're a lot more slow with it. I'm very like let's get married tomorrow, yeah. which is very which to be honest is is a toxic trait that I'm yeah. working on because I'm because of my anxious attachment style. Yeah. Um. So then now I'm trying to just you know talk to different people at different times. I mean it's a lot harder for a woman because the the pool of men, especially in the UK, is hell. So um, they're not really. You're not the first person that's complained. What what is it about that? God, pool? I don't know how many podcasts I'm gonna go on in Nigeria to talk about how awful the UK men are. People, are, you know, you're not the first person. I'm really wondering, but they look nice from afar. They're gorgeous, absolutely. I feel like UK have one of the most, the most handsome men on on the planet. But compared they also, to Nigeria, even I would say London men compared to Nigeria are okay, so sexy for yeah. me. But in terms of chivalry. My masculinity is mm. lacking, man. It's in hell. Like the guys are not willing to look after their women mm-hmm. in the in the way that the Nigerian men do. Yeah. Um, 
they just don't have that same response. They don't feel they're not trained. They're to not be trained that, to be yeah. respond to feel responsible for the women. Yeah. Um, in their lives past their mums and sisters right. and then my wife but even before it gets to my wife you should still feel responsible for the women in mm-hmm. your life but they don't um, so it is they're very uh, it's hard and again you know the, I, I personally feel like the women are doing very well yeah. in the UK in comparison to the men is it? Defo, 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 defo a thousand percent the women are making bank in UK oh yeah it's true because all the all my bros that I hung out with, let me peel. They don't tr- trust me. They, I mm-hmm. promise you, the girls are making and doing a lot more than the men in the UK, which means that we have higher disposable income. Yeah. We treat ourselves. We can we can do things. You know, we so can play. They already just assume that you know, the baby she's gonna be fine. I think no, but they, they don't. Have, what 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 I'm saying is they don't have the. They, they, there's no financial equality in a sense but rather than that acceptance it's like there's only two ways you can go you see that you you see that you step up or you drag the girl down even away from that right and and excluding money right it's also that thing where the not all of them do but mm-hmm. our nigerian men here will provide you support even if even if you earn more let me give you context right mm-hmm. when you have come back from work and you that's you are the woman that has gone to work they will still mm-hmm. be your man so you know that thing where Regardless of how much she earns here, Nigerian men will show up in other ways that's not maybe financial. Yeah. That you feel safe and secure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't like the only thing that you probably would like is like, oh, he can't buy me certain things. But showing up for you, the chivalry that you're talking about, yeah. they would do all of that. And, that. and to me, that's that's so sexy. You need to move back here. I'm I'm ready. I, the thing is, I've I've been here for the last two weeks. Mm. And can I just say I fucking love the man? It's not all. It's just. I, I, it's, of course, we all have our issues. That the December holiday vibe. Not, everybody's running. Everybody's like Joyce. Joyce, shine eye. Shine yes, eye. Yo. I'm shining eye. I've not opened my leg for anybody. If anybody's pre-planning me to open <laughs> their leg for them, it's not happening. Just forget about it. Period. Forget about it. it's not happening. Not me. Not me. Not me putting my top boy. No. Don't even mother. Don't holiday, even try it, my love. Don't even know? try it with my top boy voice. But I've been loving how seeing the women move. And seeing the men move. Now, with the mi- women, one thing I love, Nigerian women, they're so audacious. Yes, they're so bold. Mm. If they want it, they ask. Yeah. I feel like us UK girls, we're so, we've been brought up in such a conservative way that even when we do ask, it's politely, mm. eh, you know, maybe if we can. The women here are so audacious. They're give like, me. give me, can I have? Bring everything. I love that the expectation for right. that they have for themselves yeah. is so high. Yes. The standard the is high. The bar oh. is high. And I feel like that's why the men are so chivalrous here because the women have set the bar yeah. and the men fall in line. And the men is the is also the ego thing, how they were raised yeah. as well. So they have I to do love that. it, love it, do you, love do you know, it. Do you know some of our men here would not go after a girl until they make money? Do you know that? And I love that. But, but I don't like it, low-key, because it means that it means that you let the love of your life no, no, be no, no. I love it somewhere because else. Because we, we have a saying in 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 uh in London that uh, if you want to that broke penis is the best penis. Because the broke guys they across the world, yeah. Yeah. Because a cr- because when you're doing when you're not doing anything and all you're doing is you mastering your to. mastering your bedroom <laughs> skills. Why won't you have a good penis? Why won't your skill be on top? Why you're not skilled at anything else? Why wouldn't it be bedroom bully? Yeah. You're doing. 
So yeah, it's like those are the type. And then ah, oh, God, I could oh, I could go on a. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to go too no, much no, about the fashion. But what I will say is that I I would prefer that if you are not financially ready to be in a relationship, knowing and because you know your responsibility as a man. Focus on your shit. You know, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy that. I don't nah, buy it. Nah, focus your shit. I hear you, my love, but I don't, I don't buy it. Like, I also think, especially because I've, I said I see money. The money is really not always everything. Oh, stop it. Okay, just stop it. Let's right agree now. to disagree. Stop Let's it agree. right now. I hear you when I. So I, I, I understand when the Germans say, "I need to this this person. I need to go and work hard. Yeah, and come back." Well, half the time, it's not always the money. That's the thing. Okay. I have dated men that make considerably a lot less than me because of this, oh, um, is it, am I, my standards are too high or it's not just about the it's money. It's not even high standards. Or, or whatever. Oh, the money, is, the money is nothing. The love is there. But I have struggled doing that because it's important for your partner, the person that you're with, to match the life that you fulfill yourself. So if I want to go to Hawks Moor and have a nice steak with my cousin, mm-hmm. we'll do that. If I want to go and have British at, at Ivy or Galvin's, we'll do that. If I, I don't want to put financial pressure on someone to live the life that I live. Right, right. And then me and then him feeling inferior because I could do those things but I do it anyways that's more context I, for me do you know sense. what I mean I go yeah. on holiday I love a holiday mm-hmm. I travel I like nice things mm-hmm. I buy bags so if yeah. I, <laughs> I buy bags I buy shoe mm-hmm. I, my hair's expensive right if a guy cannot come in and add to that what is it just for is it just penis you're good penis and banter Fam, it's love no penis and banter my mommy <laughs> loves me my mommy loves me. And that's that's valid. That's valid. You need to. We need to be able. To, I need to be able to be doing more than I'm doing for myself. At least doing equal. You but you can actually have it all because actually, when I think about it now, you can actually have somebody who has money mm-hmm. and wants to date you yeah. and is in love with you. Yeah, you can have everything. There's nothing God cannot do. So let's. So <laughs> there's nothing God cannot do. Serious? Huh? 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 I hate this girl. When Jesus say yes, you know what? You don't know what you just you know what you just said to me. Like, you know, it's it's a believer's thing where if you actually think about it, God should be able to give you everything that you've asked for. Yeah, not not adjusting and shape shifting so that you will just get somebody. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's a faith move. It's a faith move. Mm. This time next year, we're gonna recoup and be like, listen. I, I believe found, God for I it, find, and I found it, and I found it, and I'm and I'm in love, and I'm with a wealthy, chocolate, delicious, lovable, neck kissing mm-hmm. daddy. My sister, God is preparing it for you. See how I manifested it. You are manifesting. You already prepared. I'm already speaking somewhere. Nice. You know, the yeah, beautiful so... ones are not yet born. I don't know if you've given birth to him, Shaba. <laughs> Let me work. God but, be working on it. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's very possible. It's loading. Don't it's worry. It's loading. I, I believe it for you. It's loading. You know, before I go, I, this, this is a podcast, but it's also like a Jesus space, you know. Part. And in, in the beginning, you drew me in when you were speaking about God and your relationship with God. Yeah. And it's so important for me to talk about that as, also because as creatives that, are, that we are. Yeah. Um, we need an anchor sort of direction. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me about your relationship with Do you know what? Ah, God. I feel like, I feel like I'm a David. I feel like I'm a David because I am so in love with Christ, yeah. 
as in the the, the founder, and this is me being very vulnerable. Mm. I'm so in love with Christ. I love God, but my goodness, is my life chaotic? <laughs> that's the, I, that's what we went to God. My goodness, is my life chaotic, yeah. and yeah. I am working on it. Yeah. I am working on it, mm. but I swear, my it's so weird because I cannot, I can, I, I cannot pray, but I think about praying. I th- I think about God all the time he's in my heart always but in terms of rebuilding my relationship with him I'm trying to work on it I think when the lifestyle came oh girl speak on it when the lifestyle came when I was broke me and God when he gave me everything I like it's crazy because God didn't just give me everything I wanted. He gave me more. more. Mm. He gave me more. I couldn't imagine my life being yes. like this. Yeah. But once that started kicking in, you start seeing the money. Then you start, hey, you start, eh? Joyce, let me, this let, this eh? you just said, let me add to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I was jogging recently and, and, you know, and I was asking God why I went through all the things that I went through that brought me back to God. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things that I heard in my spirit was like, the things that you pray for that I gave you expose who you really are. Oof. Because for the longest time, I thought I could not do without God. You know, I was, I was, I'm drawn, I'm, I'm tethered to you. I, you know, I'm, I can't do anything without you. Since when I saw lifestyle, eh? <laughs> I, I swear to God. If I go to church, maybe I would go to church every Sunday. If, before I was in church, Sunday. Talk about it. Thursday. Because I was in the choir. It. Saturday, I was in the choir. Wednesday, service day. So maybe four days in a week, I was in church. Talk about when it. I, when the thing hit. You didn't go for it. You didn't see for three it months. It first started with me going only on Sundays because mm-hmm. I was so busy. Then after a while, maybe once in a month. Once in a month. Yeah, that's how it goes. After once a while, I just stopped, you just going stopped going at yeah. all. And I also forgot that that was my life at some point. So I had a new Do you life. know what? So, it's so mad. Same thing with me. I was, I did, I, it's so weird because my show drops on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I used to, before that, Wednesday was, for some reason, it's such a prolific day. I think maybe because I used to go up on Shiloh's service on Wednesday. <laughs> so I used to have this, I used to, I used to have a church group of girls, 20 yeah. girls. And we used to do an, it was used to call it Hour of Power. And it was one hour of just prayer. Yeah. And I used to do every Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So I'd have that. Then Monday, Tuesday, I'll wake, I'll do 6 a.m. I'll do 6 a.m. prayer yeah. in the morning before the day has started. Of... I was serious. Night vigil, pre- warfare, <laughs> call me. Warfare. Warfare was warfare night vigil. <laughs> ah. Ah. When, uh, shooting fire. Don't, listen, don't let the devil play with me. Hmm. Don't play with me. The devil me. could not play with me that time. Listen, hmm. st- you still can't play fire with me. Firebrand. You still don't let the devil play with no, me. The I devil was with me hot. I was hot. Don't mm-hmm. play with me. Don't mm-hmm. play with warfare. Don't play with me. But I feel like, like you said, as I started getting the lifestyle, yeah, as I start, it 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 it, it becomes a gradual disconnect. It becomes a gradual disconnect. You start seeing, you start seeing things that replace him. Yeah, you start glorifying other things. Yes. So then the worth ethic starts kicking in. You start replacing work with God. You do a shoot. You start, you start replacing sh- people, social life, status. And um, yeah, it is, it is really bad. It happens. It's, it, I, I don't want to say it's normal, but it's normal. Mm. And it's something that I'm working on. But I always feel God pulling on my heartstrings. Okay, so this, let, me, let me help you there, yeah. right? I think I've come out from that phase and I went, 
So I went from that and 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 and, and I got to a place where I thought everything was now on me. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever success I would get was based on me and the people that I knew that I'd come to know or the things that I was doing to earn these things. I know when shit hit the fan when I think I was losing my mind because I couldn't control everything that was happening, things that are falling apart. And I'm just like, I just remember that, oh God, you were somewhere. I knew I had peace when I was with you. Please, 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 please. That's what it is. I was a a mess mentally because I couldn't understand why I could not find peace when I finally got to this thing that I wanted all my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. now that I'm back in church, I'm just like, I get it. I was fish out of water. I get it. Yeah. Because my natural habitat is in Christ. And I stepped out for too long. I was suffocating. And now that I'm back, I'm just like, I don't want to do this career anymore if you're not involved in it. Mm-hmm. Because the, the peace that I need, the direction that I need is all in you, God. Yeah. Like, there's no level of acclaim or no level that I would get so that I would not need you because every new level, there's a new devil, as they say. Mm-hmm. I, you know, now that I'm back, I'm just like, thank God for exposing me to myself because, yeah. you know, if if it never happened, I would have always said, you know what, I'm so faithful to God that nothing can shake me. But at some point, I veered off and, and, and now that I'm back, I'm just like, like the prodigal son, I'm just like, oh, I remember that my fa- in my father's house, there are many mansions I will survive. Even the, even the servants in my father's house don't have to look like this. And mm-hmm. I ran back. And, you know, it's just been a better journey for me. I am more centered. I'm more at peace. I'm not exactly struggling for anything. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just like, you know, God, you that did it before, you do it again. Yeah. So that's why I am. I love that. Yeah. And I, I really, I, I want to meet you there. I'm also working on my relationship with God. I think, I think it's, I think, I definitely need a lot more assertiveness in it to be like, this is what I'm doing. But Joyce, and 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 that's what and that's what I've also learned in this my second coming. That <laughs> we were doing I was in a lot of religion before trying to earn God. So you're not praying in a day, you feel like, oh but you know how you can be let me give you context, right? If you your relationship with your mom, if you don't call her for a couple of days, right? She's still your mom. Yeah. So if you call her a week after, after being busy, it's still a, it's not a place of, oh, mommy, you know that my life is, it's for me. Mommy, you know how things are, how are you, you catch up. Mm-hmm. So it's that thing where sometimes we veer off so far away that you think that when you come back, oh. It has to be grand. No, but that's your father. Yeah. Like, he's your father. You you continue from where you left off. Yeah. And that's how I see my own relationship with God. Like, it's that's like, beautiful. God, you knew when I was here. You knew, you knew what I was getting up to. You think it wasn't there when you were doing those things. Like, he was there. So, as I've come back now, so I understand God for me a different So, if I don't pray in three days, my sister, when I come back, I'm still spiritual. I'm speaking, speaking in tongues and I'm back. Like, so now it doesn't put any pressure on me to perform. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, it doesn't, I don't, I don't need to earn God now if I don't pray for a week and I come back a week after I'm still spirit filled I'm still Timisan so I feel like that's where you need to get to to not you can literally go back home and say you know what God it's been a minute let's talk and that's how it will work it's so simplistic it's so simple like it's so simple like that try it I will definitely a thousand percent you're welcome no I really appreciate that cheers to you cheers and your new new walk yeah so, let me, I mean, what would you say success is for you now? Not that you're at this level. Oh, what is success for me now? God. 
I don't know, you know. I, 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 it's so weird because we had a conversation and what I thought success was, God has taken me to levels I never expected. I think now, what you know when you have a dream and you're like, God, I want to do this. And then God takes you past there. You're like, shit, okay, cool. I don't know what's next. Yes. I'm yes. confused now because the, what I thought was was the, the, was, the was the cap is now, it's now has been shattered. <sighs> so now I'm I'm in a place where success is just me keep going and growing, and then and growing in terms of my audience, growing in terms of my myself. Um, this year we 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 signed to shits and gigs, which was which was amazing. Um, growing in terms of my resources. I think one thing that Nigeria has helped me and I love that as much as there is uh, um, a poverty issue here, there's also such a philanthropy spirit and people wanting to do more for for others. I've seen it's it's like no other here. And it's definitely helped made me think, what can I do for my community more? How can I give more? How can I how can I sacrifice more? So I'm definitely having more thoughts about that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what success is for me. That's brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So before I let you go, finally, what's next for you? I mean, going forward beyond just the podcast, are you going to be doing more reality shows? Are you going to be acting? No. I would love to act. Obviously, that's where I started. My genesis is acting. Mm -hmm. So any acting opportunity, I'll be happy to do. Um, I'm also nominated for Mobos, um, Best Personality of the Year, which I'm so excited about. Um, so please vote for me, guys. Uh, if you have the time, I would mm. I would love to win. If I don't, fab, because there's so many amazing people that I'm I'm being I'm I'm in the same category yeah. with and sharing the space with. Yeah. But um, Mobos is a big one for me, and hopefully, hopefully, um, move on to a tour. We had a fantastic show last year, um, and I'm ready to carry it across the UK. So um, anyone who's in the African diaspora or not in the di- African diaspora, stay stay tuned for that. And mm. anyone that rocks with me, let's. Let's do it. 2024, we move, man. Amazing. Amazing. So final question before I let you go. If this was a, if your life was a chapter in the book, what chapter would you be in? Oh. What chapter would this be in? I feel like this year, I'm, I'm ready for my calm. I feel like this year was definitely chaos commencing. I definitely feel, and I, and you know what? Yeah, I I use the word chaos a lot. I refer to myself as the chaos queen, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's 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 almost a there's there's a beauty in chaos. For me, there's a beauty when things are not linear, and I love it. So as much as my my life is very chaotic, but I laugh about that because I feel like there's a beauty in when there's an element of uncertainty uncertainty it excites me it's it's why i do so well in this space i feel like Mm -hmm. if i knew what was coming all the time i'd be it would be a bit mundane and boring to relax but i just love it but i i think next year i am ready for a bit more calm Mm -hmm. so i'd say this chapter was called chaos chaos commencing Mm -hmm. uh, i'm not sure about next year but this year definitely was very chaotic for me we're looking forward to calm for you hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. so thank you for coming on thank you Thank you. Okay, guys, it is your girl, Madam Joyce, and I am here with the king of Podcast Nigeria, Temi Saar, and this has been Tea with Tay. Thank you for watching, and we will see you in the new year, because I believe this is the last episode. Yes, yes, Period. Yes. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. It is a pleasure. Bow. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.